Welcome to episode five of the Keeping Pace podcast. Casey Evans is my guest on this episode. Casey works for Brooks Running as a guru based out of Temecula, California. In this conversation, we bounce around from talking about representation in the running industry to kombucha to what game show we'd both like to be on. It was fun getting to know Casey a little more, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Casey, how's it going? Thanks for joining. It's going well. Thanks for having me, Michael. I, I'm really excited to be a part of this podcast. Yeah, you know, I, you know, when I made a guest list, I put you on there, and I was, and I was like, I hope he is willing to join. He's he seems like a really fun guy from all the you know brief interactions I've had with you. So. You know, I threw it out there and I'm glad you said yes. Oh, that's really nice of you. I hope that I can live up to being as fun as you think that I am. Well, you know, we talked briefly before I hit record, but yeah, how's life going for you? Life's going really well. Um, so I live in Southern California in a place called Temecula. Um, it's about an hour north of San Diego and two hours south of LA. So. I've just been spending my summer so far doing some things for Brooks and catching up on lots of Netflix, um, some video games and trying to log a few miles and I'm coming back from injuries. So, um, you know, just trying to get slowly get fit over the summer since there's nothing else to do. Yeah. I, when I saw you in Atlanta, you had kind of tweaked your hamstring and that was a bummer. And I just saw recently you're coming back from another one. What's what's bothering you at the moment? It was actually still that same hamstring that I tweaked in um, February when I saw you in Atlanta for the Olympic trials. Um, we were doing hill sprints and I think I strained my hamstring and then pulled or like strained my popital, which is that like, I don't know what it technically is, a ligament or a muscle right behind the knee that helps bend it. Um, so uh, when I was in Atlanta, it was really bad. I could barely walk. Um, and then it was just a, took a long time to heal. So that's kind of what I was coming back from. But it's it's doing all right now. I can get a solid six miles in without without any trouble. So I'm glad you're you're feeling better and on the mend. But, you know, part of the reason I wanted you on and part of the reason I, I started this podcast is, you know, to have some representation amongst, you know, minority runners and, you know, kind of focus early on on black runners. So I briefly wanted to, you know, get your a little bit of your running history. How did you get into running? Yeah, it's actually really funny. Um, I never thought that I would be a long distance runner. I mean, I think partially just you look at representation and you see most um, people of color or black people as sprinters. So I thought if I did anything in the track world, I would be a sprinter or hurdler. Um, But my neighbor, she happened to be a distance runner. And um, we would always hang out at home. And then when we were entering high school, she said that she was going to be on the distance running team. And distance running took a lot of discipline and it took a lot of time. And that there would be no time for like outside activities of friendship. So she basically said, get on the cross country team or we probably won't hang out that much. So um, that's actually kind of how I got into distance running. And I planned on only doing it for one season, but the people on the team were super nice and super welcoming. Uh, And it was something I had never played sports growing up. So it was something that I happened to be decent at and I had a lot of fun with. So I continued that on throughout college and then 
then um, continued to run afterwards. That's a that is a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> you won't have friends if you, if you don't try to. I know how desperate was I for friends back then. Gosh, <laughs> um, you said you never played team sports growing up, so. What did your family think of when you decided to join the team? My mother wasn't too stoked. So I grew up in a really religious household. So um, part of the reason that we didn't participate in team sports because going to church was really important and never missing church was a a big thing for us. So um, she wasn't completely stoked at the fact that doing an after school sport kind of took away from some of those things. But I think when she realized how much I loved it and how good of an influence cross country was on me, I would say I wasn't the greatest student before high school. Uh, And when you do high school sports, you kind of have to keep your GPA up. And um, once I joined the team, team, things just kind of turned around and I started getting really good grades and I was keeping really good company cross country distance runners team to tend to be a pretty good influence on people. So um, once that happened, she was pretty stoked. Um, my dad was happy that I was in the sport. He was in the Navy, so he was gone quite a lot. Um, but he was just, he's always happy if I'm happy. So he's a great guy that way. That's awesome. They eventually came around. But I also wanted to ask, what was your what was your high school experience like? Were you one of the only people of color on the team? Yeah, so... Um, the town that I grew up in, Temecula, doesn't have very many people of color in it. Growing up um, from middle school to high school, I was usually the only person of color in most of my classes. Um, it wasn't out of the norm for me to never see another person of color. So um, I was the only person of color um, on my cross country team. Um, once you got into track, there was um, tons of sprinters that were black and things like that and hurdlers and long jumpers and um, in the field events. But as a distance runner, I was the only black guy on my team, um, which was a little weird at first, but um, they were super welcoming. So there's always going to be certain things that they don't understand culturally, but it was it was a good experience all in all. Did that cause any weird experiences or you know, were people mostly friendly? Um, They were mostly friendly. I feel like the only weird experience that I ever really got was the whole like touching your hair thing. (laughs) That quickly got shut down. So um, yeah, other than that, everything was um, went pretty smooth. And they're still some of my best friends to this day. And um, yeah, I, I was really fortunate to have some good experiences there. I know not everyone's as fortunate as I was. Touching base briefly on the, you know, touching hair thing. How did you handle that? Because I know for high schoolers, that can be a tough conversation to have. Yeah. um, I don't know if I handled it in like a profound or the best way. Um, I would just say, don't touch my hair. Like you should never touch a black person's hair. Um, And I'm a really big on like trying to always relate things to other people so I would just tell them like I people don't go around touching your hair you don't go around touching other people's hair you can ask I'll probably still say no but um it's just one of those things that um you just I guess you just don't do right yeah well I mean you said you didn't handle it maybe profoundly but sometimes simple is the best way to to go about things yeah right (laughs) um so did you 
after high school, did you run in college or did you just end up, you know, running for fun? Yeah. So I went to Cal State San Marcos, um, which is about 30 minutes south from Temecula. Um, and I went and I ran there. I ran for four or five years there, um, cross country and track under um, head coach Steve Scott. And I can, that's where I kind of continued my running career. Do you have a pretty good time in college and, you know, post-college, what was your experience like with with running? It was really good. Um, college is a whole nother beast, but it was fun. And I think that being exposed to more black people, more people of color was really awesome for me um, since I didn't really get that in high school. Um, you're just kind of melded with so many different backgrounds. And then when I got to college, um, there was one other black female on the team who became my friend and like my big sister. And so it was nice to kind of have some of those shared experiences with her um, and then even kind of grow into who I was as a person and an athlete um, and what it meant to be a black person on a, in a like mostly white sport. Uh, and you kind of get to see those things and you're a little bit older. So you recognize things a little bit more and learn things a little bit more. So, um, that was mostly my experience in college. And, you know, post-college, I know you work for Brooks at the moment. What led you from, you know, running in college to becoming a Brooks guru? Yeah. So while I was in college, I knew that be, run, like being in the running industry was something that I really wanted to do. I didn't know um, exactly what avenue that would take. And I didn't know all the possibilities out there. Um, luckily, I had a coach that was really well connected. So pretty much after most people left the program, it kind of went in a wave of you graduated. And then if you wanted to, you assistant coach there. And then from there, you would find your way into the running industry. So um, it took me a little bit longer than I wanted to from going from running on the team. Then I assistant coached for four years and then I worked at a run specialty shop before getting the position as a Brooks guru. But um, while running in the run specialty shop, I really got to see the way that Brooks created their product and the run happy experiences that they brought people out in the field. And it was really appealing to me. So that's kind of what led me um, to the route of wanting to be a Brooks tech rep or Brooks guru. I want to hear a little bit more about your Brooks experience, just because from all the reps I've met or follow on Instagram, you all seem to really enjoy working for the company. Yeah, we do. It's such a great company. I can wholeheartedly say that they're not paying me to say that by any means. Um, And it's such a fun job. We do work really hard um, and we work tirelessly for our accounts and we really try to put our best foot forward and try to um, put Brooks in the best light and really make everything that we do an experience for people. So we give a lot to the job, but it's super rewarding to have people um, come back and tell you about their first marathons or how much they loved your shoes or they remember your event so much from last year that they couldn't wait to do it again this year. So we all have a really good time. And especially when we get to meet up at fun events like the Olympic trials for the marathon um, and we just get to hang out and we get to tell stories and it's just all the gurus that I work with, there's about 26 of us. We are 
all genuinely really happy and we love working for the company and everyone in the company loves working for the company. So when you have that kind of company culture, um, that's just super bright and everyone lives that run happy mantra, uh, you can't help, but no, like you just have to be happy working there. So, um, it's, I have a huge smile on my face right now, but super, it's a super enjoyable job. I can tell. And, you know, just from, you know, dealing with the Brooks reps, I completely believe everything you just said, because every time they come into any of our stores or when I met some of you all in Atlanta, you know, you were working really hard, but also it was a lot of fun and you all just enjoyed hanging out with each other. Yeah, we do. Um, we all work in different states and have different territories. So whenever we get to see each other, um, it's like a big party. It's like seeing your best friends. And it's really cool because we all know different people in the industry and we can connect with those people so easily. Like you have a different guru than who I am, but it's nice that we could connect through that guru and social media. And when I see you in Atlanta, um, we can become instant friends and, um, if I ever see you at another race, we're instant friends, even if you're not in my territory. So it's fun just to get to meet like-minded people and runners and um, enjoy doing the same thing. And it's it's an awesome experience. And I know part of the job is going in the stores and being social and, you know, selling shoes. So what's that been like during the pandemic? Because, you know, every most shops are closed or you're not really getting to do the, you know, tech sessions or in-store visits. Yeah, it's definitely been a little bit different. (laughs) Very, um, very surreal. Never imagined this happening. Uh, And we were all getting geared up for 2020, a big Olympic year. So we were starting off with a bang in Atlanta and we're going to go big in um, Oregon for the track trials. And then we were hoping to have some athletes and get to cheer them on during the Olympics. So not what we saw going on, but what Brooks basically decided to do is we have a really strong platform virtually and on the internet. So we kind of split up our guru teams and we put... Um, some gurus on our Rex program, which is our customer service program. So they've been helping out customer service during this time in quarantine. And then we took a handful of other gurus and we put them to do digital products, whether it be um, shooting new product lines for fall or spring coming up or doing um tech videos or virtual clinics. So I'm kind of in the group of gurus that's doing all of the digital stuff. So um, we've been putting on virtual clinics right before I was talking to you. I was um, doing a read through to do a virtual clinic tomorrow um, about summer running. And we've been doing a lot of account takeovers on Instagram. Um, I created a YouTube channel that hosts some shoe tech videos um, kind of this little game series that I created. So it's it's really been interesting. It's been keeping us busy and we've all been learning a lot of new skills. And that's what I really love and appreciate about Brooks as well is they give us the opportunity to grow in different departments in different areas. And they have the vision to see beyond just the gurus going out in the field and selling shoes. Um, they see us being an asset to the company and being worth more than 
just going and selling products. So they made sure to find somewhere for us to fit inside of the new virtual world plan that's kind of going on at the moment. So I feel really grateful for that. You mentioned the the YouTube channel and the game show. I wanted to ask, how do you come up with some of these ideas? Because a lot of them are you know really fun, and when I've watched them, you know people are enjoying them. Yeah, it's um, I love game shows. I think that I don't know if I'm the only one, but I envision myself always whenever I watch a game show, like being on the game show, and I want to answer the questions before the contestants do. Um, and so I always have these kind of lofty dreams of like being in a music video or being in game show or being on a reality TV show and what would I do? So um, the easiest thing to create while in quarantine was the game show. I wish I could have created a reality TV show. That would have been fun. But um, so we I don't I just got the idea of the guru gauntlet sounded like two words that went really well together. Um, and I've always had this huge idea of if we got all the tech reps from different companies together at kind of a summer camp and just had us go like kind of Hogwarts style head to head and like three points Brooks, one point Saucony or whatever it may be. Um, So I scaled that large dream that will probably never come true down into a one versus one game of gurus from the past and gurus that are presently gurus um, kind of going head to head in some trivia and some other little contest on the YouTube channel. So that's kind of how it came about in my mind um, to work on video editing skills and work on my presence in front of a camera because talking to a computer screen is a lot different than being in front of a human being and talking to them. So when you're doing virtual clinics, you want to make sure that you're being personable and not just kind of being a drone and talking at a camera. So there were kind of ways to help with my creativity, help the gurus do something. And um, on top of that, work on some of those interpersonal skills. From what I know about you, I, I can see you ending up on a game show someday. So <laughs> if and when it does happen, I won't be surprised. I'll get you front row tickets. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> a little off topic. Well, not quite off topic, but what is so what is your favorite game show? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. I'm not sure. Um, I'm a really big fan of like kind of the new game shows like Wipeout or American Ninja Warrior. Um, I think what being on one of those would be really fun. I just saw that Netflix came out with a game show called The Floor's Lava. I've seen that. <laughs> I ha- it's in my queue and it looks so good and I kind of want to be on that. So <laughs> that would be my top pick at the moment. Um, unless they bring back like those 90s Nick game shows, then I definitely want to be on Legends of the Hidden Temple or Guts or I would take those any day. Those are all those are all pretty good classics. I would love to see you on what did you just mention? Legends or guts or lava? Yeah, I think lava would be perfect for you. (laughs) It would be what what game show would you want to be on? Oh my god. Um I think this is kind of cheesy, but I would love to be on like Wheel of Fortune. Nice. That's big money right there. Yeah, it's classic. It's not too difficult. And, you know, the amount of embarrassment I could potentially have is you know, <laughs> very minimal. True, true. <laughs> um, let's get back a little bit to, towards running. Um, as two 
black runners and something I've asked other guests that have come on so far is how do we increase representation in the sport? Because I know we both believe that running is an inclusive sport, but how do we actually do that? Yeah, this is a conversation that I've been having a lot um, because as we've seen with the current climate running, um, the run's not always safe for everyone. Um And how do we make the run safe? How do we make it inclusive? How do we make people want to be there? And I think representation is really important when it comes to that. Um, And I think that goes down to possibly marketing and even reaching younger generations. So I can think of some athletes that get a ton of marketing exposure You look on the Instagrams, they have thousands and thousands of followers. And then you look at some black athletes um, in the running world, um, like Marielle Hall, for example, um, has less than 10,000 followers on Instagram. She is uh, she's made world teams. She's one of the best 10 cares runners that we have in America right now. I don't think I've ever seen her on a marketing campaign in my entire life. Um, So I think getting that representation out there is really important. Um, And you can't just show who you think your audience is, but if you want to make things truly diverse, you have to show everyone. So I think that a lot of people kind of have this vision of runners being like skinny, lanky white kids um, that possibly couldn't have done any other sport so they went into running but running so much more than that and so much diverse than that and you look at black girls run or black men run um and the unique thing about running too is that it's a lifelong sport so you can't play basketball with yourself your entire life or soccer um but you can run by yourself for your entire life so i think hitting those younger markets and letting them know that it's okay to be a distance runner um I would have never considered being a distance runner if it wasn't for my friend um, who basically forced me into it. So I think just having that representation out there is a big key. Uh, Two things you said struck a chord with me there. Like, you know, you mentioned your friend getting you on the team. Personally, for me, one of my best friends asked me to run a half, you know, 10 years ago, and I've been running since. And the other thing that you mentioned is Mariel Hall. That's a a great point. Like she is so under the radar, yet she is one of the best runners, you know, on the Bowerman team. And then I also it also reminded me of the coverage Alephine and Sally got post Olympic trials. Yeah. I was extremely disappointed with that. Yeah, that was a interesting race to watch because you're so excited and you're so hyped up because it's the Olympic trials and you're cheering for like this quote unquote American team. Um, But then you look at the coverage and you see that they talk about Molly 20,000 times more than they talk about two of the girls that are in the top three. And they're even talking about Jordan Hase more than they're talking about these two women that are in the top three. Um, And that's an excellent point of showing where representation and coverage needs to go Um, in any sport or any other kind of broadcast if someone's in the top three or they're winning you're going to put a lot of or you should be putting a lot of focus on them and the fact that they didn't get a lot of focus and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like 
even when they did the post interview, they didn't even really try to talk to Alfie. Um, they kind of just went to <laughs> Molly, which she had a great story as well, but um, all three of them had a great story. Every runner has a great story to stay healthy and get to the Olympic trials and make an Olympic team. Um, it just depends how much you want to dig into their stories. So um, that was a little hard to see um, when America is supposed to be open opportunity for everyone. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. I've seen some things recently that disappointed me and Alphine finally commented. I don't know if you've seen that. She finally commented on, you know, watching the race and how disappointed she was during the race of the coverage she got. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be hard. I haven't seen any of her posts, but I know that I've had some moments in life where, and not that you do things for the praise. Um, but when you see other people doing the same thing as you and they're getting the praise and you're not getting any praise at all, um, it's got to be hard to have those emotions of making your first Olympic team and representing your country and nobody cares about what you did when you won the race, but they care about what second place did. Um, and you kind of have to ask yourself, why is that? Why do they care about what this woman did over here, but they don't care about what I did? Um, so I could only imagine how difficult that must have been for her watching it back and having one of the most profound moments of her career um, reimagined through that lens. And then kind of relating that back to you and what you just said, you, you generally seem to keep a positive attitude. What do you do to you know keep, keep yourself positive? Because like I said, I mostly know you via Instagram. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on how you keep a positive attitude. Yeah, you know, I think that I'm a person that really um, takes on the energy that's around me. So I try to surround myself with positive energy so I can keep a positive attitude. I think that if I'm surrounded by negative energy, it kind of starts to wane on me and I'll feel those the effects of that negative energy. So I just really try to make sure that I'm staying self-aware and taking care of myself. And if that's I need a rest day or a break from something or self-care day, I really try to implement those and bring those into um, my life. I think that especially doing a job where you're so customer service and um, people facing, you always want to bring your best foot forward and show you the best self that you can. So I try to be really aware of the energy that I'm putting out onto others. Um, some things that help me get into positive head spaces are music. I love music. Um, running, it really helps flush out my thoughts and things like that. And um, sometimes even reading, like I like reading self-help books. Um, just to always kind of be aware of those little, I think everyone can always improve and to be aware of those things that might be perceived as negative or um, off-putting. I like to try to kind of flush away. <laughs> you, you're you a person with a lot of interest, like you just noted there. Uh, what are... What are some other things that you like to do for fun outside of running? I'm a really big geek, um, and I say that in the best way possible. So I love just like geeking out on board games or watching like Harry Potter or Avatar Last Airbender with my friends. Um, I love playing Fortnite with my friends, love going to the beach and 
if there's food involved, I'll be there. So I'm always down to go anywhere to eat food um, and have a drink or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your, you? I love I love seeing all your your posts. What are some of your favorite places to eat? Like just anywhere. Gosh, there's so many. Um, in Carlsbad, which is a beach town I live near, um, they have a place called Board and Brew, which makes these really tasty sandwiches and wraps. Um, pizza Port, it's probably the best pizza that I've ever ha- had. I'm sorry to all everyone from Chicago and New York, but <laughs> it's really delicious. We forgive uh, you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, I like a lot of Asian food, so most of the times I'm just eating like chicken and rice with some vegetables um, and then all the different random sauces. So whether it's teriyaki or orange chicken or um, sesame chicken or whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many. I'm always down for Yard House or Cheesecake Factory. I have a sweet tooth. So if there's dessert at a restaurant, I'm I'm happy as well. I'm a huge dessert guy myself. Ah, yes. What's Do your you, favorite dessert? I love anything peanut butter related. So if it's like if it has peanut butter in it, that's usually my go to. Very nice. <laughs> my friends would probably say donuts, but I also loved baked goods. So if it's a baked good i'm in like it just that means it's just baked with love i see that's how i feel i want everything all baked goods if it's doughy and sweet and full of carbs i'm uh, first in line to get it yeah i usually like i like to base a lot of my to end a lot of my runs around food so there's a there's been a place in my neighborhood where uh, I during the quarantine, I've been going. I'm like, I need some motivation. All right, I'll end my run at this pie place. And so I've gotten pie at this place, I think once a weekend since it's opened. That's so smart. I'm going to like, I'm going to Instagram me doing that from now on. And I'll have to give you credit for it. Because <laughs> that sounds amazing. Idea. It's so, it's uh, honestly, it's so motivating just because you run a certain amount of miles and you're like, okay, I have this many miles to get to this place. And then I have that many miles to get back. So it's a good way to tack on miles just to give yourself a tiny bit of motivation. Yeah. And I think that's what running and life's about is about is like having those little achievable goals. So if you can have the small goal of getting to a bakery to, get pie and get a run in at the same time. That just sounds so perfect. Like what else is there? (laughs) Yeah. So on a run, are you, are you someone who listens to podcasts, music? You mentioned you, you like to read and listen to music. Do you do either? I listen to music on runs all the time. Um, I mostly run by myself, so I definitely need the distraction. I used to be able to run without music, but once I started training for like marathons and runs started becoming over six miles, I just couldn't be alone with my thoughts for that long. (laughs) Um, I'm not that interesting. And then podcasts, I listen to a ton of podcasts when I'm on the road driving. Um, So while I've been in quarantine, I haven't really been listening to podcasts that much. Um, But when I have to drive to like Las Vegas or Arizona, um, or even to LA, those like two plus hour drives, I just have podcasts on deck. What are you what are you listening to at the moment? I'm a really big fan of Sidious Mag. Um, so I pretty much eat up anything that he puts out. Um, and I know that they have a like they have more than running 
as well and under that Sidious Mag kind of umbrella. So that's mostly what I listen to. Um, I have a lot of other podcasts kind of queued up. Um, nothing's on my phone right now just because I don't use anything. But a lot of running podcasts mostly. Um, and then sometimes I'll listen to like quick snippets of sports podcast. Um and then a few business podcasts. I like to have my boss. She has this great idea of kind of being a little bit more well-rounded so that you can literally talk to anyone about anything and not just running. So I do like to have a couple tricks up my sleeve so I can <laughs> be knowledgeable about a few different topics instead of just being a running geek. Yeah, I agree with you. The The athletic director at my school is the same way. And He's always pitching books to me and anything he suggests I listen to. So I agree with you as much as we love running. It is awesome to talk about things other than running at times. Yeah, right. (laughs) Also, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because I know you have so many varying interests. I'll try pretty much anything. I love traveling and I love just new experiences. So Um, I wanted to get back to... I wanted to get back to something serious. What was what has running been like for you post the death of Ahmad Arbery? Because I know for me, I, it's something I think about a lot, and it's been very difficult to grapple with. Yeah, um, honestly, it's been kind of scary. Um, I live in a pretty conservative town, so before all this happened, it was scary anyway. I've had times where I'm running by myself and I've been called the N-word or people have threatened my life. So um, I've definitely known that the run's not always safe. And I think with this just happening, it brings it even closer to home. It's like a slap in the face that the run's not safe. And um, I don't know how most black people in America feel, but even having to wear a mask makes me feel unsafe. I know that a lot of parents have to have their talks with kids like don't wear a hood out at night or don't have your hands in your pockets when you're walking or don't give cops any reason to pull you over and for me wearing a mask I don't mind wearing the mask for like safety reasons but just the thought of me wearing a mask and walking into a gas station or walking into a store or to the bank to deposit money just makes me feel uneasy and makes me feel unsafe just for the way that I feel feel that people are going to look at me being a black man in a mask. Um, So being a black man in a mask running, it scares me thinking that people aren't going to think that I'm running away from something. Um, So I always try to have my Apple Watch on me, which has cellular data, um, just in case I need to call anyone or be aware of anything. I always try to make sure I have my GPS as proof that I've been running for a while. I'm not running away from anything. I'm not running towards anything. I'm just running. I try to always have proof on me and try to be um, as least threatening on runs as possible, whether that's going to the other side of the road so I don't make someone feel uncomfortable or whatnot. So there are definitely things that I have always thought about. Now they're kind of just heightened. Um, since his death. It's kind of crazy that you say all of all of those things and we live in two very different places. We don't know a lot about each other, but 
all of those things you just talked about, I nodded my head along with, especially especially the mask part. It's something, yes, I know we have to do. It's extremely helpful in fighting the virus, but I feel like that's something only people of color have really thought about. I've seen it mentioned in places, but it's kind of wild that it's something that we all have as a shared experience. Yeah, it goes against everything your parents taught you of what not to do so that you don't seem like a threat to other people. Um, Even if you're the most friendly person in the world, meeting you just that once, I know that you're a super nice, super engaging human being, um, but I don't think that that's the first thing that most people see. They see the color of your skin first, so seeing the color of your skin and being a man and being in a mask um, just makes me scared for everyone that has to do that and has to go through that um, on the run or even going into stores or anything like that. Is this something that you think non-people of color will continue to talk about or after this kind of dies down, you know, they'll stop talking about and get back into the comfort zone? You know, I hope not. I've heard a lot of people say how horrible 2020 has been. And while it hasn't been the ideal year or been perfect, I think that it's an important year and things that are uncomfortable and things that need to happen are happening. Um, my favorite teacher that I've ever had, her name's Dreama Moon. She always taught me that you learn the most about yourself and about others when you're not in your comfort zone. So I think it's really important that everyone gets out of their comfort zone and kind of shares the, these experiences together and lives in the moment. And um, I hope it's not just a moment. I hope it continues and we find equality and justice for every culture and um, every ethnicity um, and every person who's not the majority. I think that at the face of this fight, it's Black Lives Matter. But at the end of the day, it's equality for everyone, whether it be people in the LGBTQIA plus community or um, whether it be people that are differently abled or women or um, any other culture out there. I'm hoping that this um, fight is for all of us and we all gain equality sooner than later. And on top of that, what I just want to ask, what is your your current relationship with running? Um, it's good. It still brings me peace. It still brings me happiness. Um, I'm coming back from injury, so it's <laughs> it's tough. But um, running's taught me so many things, and it's shaped me into the person that I am today. Um, it's taught me discipline. It's taught me patience. It's I've done things in running that I never thought I could do. I remember when I was in high school, I thought an 800 was the furthest I could run. And then a mile was the furthest I could run. And I told myself I'd never run a two mile on the track or never go further than a 5K. And then I was doing marathons and I impressed myself. And I've told myself I'll never run further than a marathon. Um, And I still think that at the moment, but um, who knows what could happen. And that's the beautiful thing about running is that it can take you so many places and give you so many opportunities to discover how strong you are and the things that you can accomplish. And it connects you with so many people. Um, so I want to say that my relationship running will always be super personal and will always be, um, welcoming and positive. There are dark sides of running, just like everything else in this world. Um, but I choose to 
kind of bask in the light of running and hopefully fight off those dark sides with um, the team that we have at Brooks and other people like you that are willing to have these conversations and willing to get those ideas out there um, to change things for the better. Yeah. And I just, you know, like I said, one of the reasons I started this is to have just some representation in the running community. I know I'm not the only one doing it, but another voice can't hurt. And I'm also curious about your experience, your experiences being a black rep in the running industry, because from my personal experience, they're really aren't that many. Yeah, that's um, actually really funny. I was talking to my team about that a few days ago. Um, And it's interesting because we were having the conversation about hiring more diversity within the rep force and things like that. And I put it back to representation. I, I don't think that a lot of black people or people of color know that this is a career option for them. Um, I didn't know that it was a career option for me and I would have never known if I didn't assistant coach and have those connections that are a little bit higher up than just running on a college team. Um, so I feel super fortunate at Brooks. We, um, have a really diverse mindset. And although I'm the only black rep that I've seen on the West coast, um, and in most territories I've been in actually, um, I feel really welcomed and I don't feel treated any differently. And especially during this time, I feel like my voice has been heard and I have a lot of coworkers that are super amazing and willing to have the conversations and willing to learn and willing to grow. And I feel like Brooks is um, a company that takes action and they're not just a company that says we're here in the fight for you, but they aren't actually fighting or they're not actually donating. I feel like they're um, definitely putting action behind their words. So seeing all that um, and this time has really affirmed for me that I made the right choice um, with the company I went with. That's great to hear. Um, let's, uh, let's ask some, some fun questions to end this. I want to know what you're always getting delivered. <laughs> so on my Instagram, I don't know why I started it, but basically whenever I get a package delivered, I show myself opening up the door and I show the package, but I rarely show what's inside the package. Um, it's honestly mostly a bunch of boring stuff. So Um, I didn't want to go out of the house very much during quarantine. Um, my dad's a little bit older and, um, he had cancer. He's better now, but he does have a weaker immune system. So I just didn't want to take the risk of possibly bringing the virus into the house. Um, so a lot of things that I would order and I'm still ordering are from Amazon and Amazon just sends a whole bunch of packages. So I'm not really ordering anything that cool, but Some have been like tape or film for the cameras or toothpaste. Um, There are some cooler things that I've gotten like shoes from Brooks or um, I did buy like a brand new um, mirrorless camera. So there's been some cool things, but most of it's just like your daily supplies that you would get if you went to Target 
and it would all come in one or two plastic bags. They just come in like 14 different boxes from Amazon. So I'm sorry to disappoint anyone that thought I was doing really cool things, but it's not so much. I had to ask because like you said, we never get to see what's in the box. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'll start showing a little bit more often. Some things are cool. Um, Maybe I'll show the cooler things more often, but I don't think anyone needs to know that I use Simpson dyed toothpaste. Um, what's up with the, the love for kombucha? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I'm drinking kombucha right now. (laughs) Um, I I don't know. I really like it. Um, first time I ever had it, I thought it was absolutely disgusting, but then it kind of grew on me and I don't know if I like it more for the flavor or if I like it more for the health benefits that they say that it gives you. (laughs) Um, but I just always have to have a kombucha. I don't drink soda. So I think that might be kind of where it comes from as well, is that it's like a flavored drink that isn't water. So I mostly just drink kombucha water. And then um, when I'm with my friends, alcohol. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know what the obsession is. It's just really good. Um, Bootscraft is like my favorite alcoholic kombucha. It's delicious. And then I'm drinking this Rowdy Mermaid kombucha right now, which is non-alcoholic. It's a lavender elderflower. And I don't know, everyone go try a kombucha and tell me what you think about them. (laughs) Maybe it's a California thing as well. It might be. I've I've honestly never been into it, but I'm not going to hate on it. (laughs) I'll give you some kombucha recommendations. Um, Okay, a couple more questions. What are you binging on Netflix right now? Oh, gosh. Um, I have to pull up my Netflix right now to see. I just watched, um, this isn't on Netflix. It was an HBO show, um, but it's called Insecure. I was um, binging that. I really like Insecure. Um, I have The Floor's Lava in my queue. I like a lot of Japanese anime, anime, so I watch a ton of that. Um, Yeah, I was just watching Avatar The Last Airbender. I watch Lock and Key. Um, I always watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, Yeah, I, I feel really boring. It's just like a lot of cartoons and stuff that a 32-year-old male probably shouldn't be watching. I should watch some documentaries or something. But um, yeah, (laughs) that's mostly what I've been watching. I mean, it's what you're interested in. You should watch (laughs) what you're interested in. Yeah, true, true. Um, All right, last question. I'll end it with uh, a Brooks one. What is your current favorite Brooks shoe? It's a shoe called the Hyperion Tempo. We just released it. Um, it's super right, lightweight, super responsive. Um, it's, it has a nitro foam midsole, and I love the color scheme. It's black and blue, and it's just a really nice shoe to log, like an easy run, a faster run. I can even see some people racing in it. Um, so that's probably my go-to shoe at the moment. I tried it in Atlanta, and it's really solid. Hey, Brooks, I'm a size 11 and a half, if you're, at, if you're wondering. <laughs> I'll let I'll let Courtney know. <laughs> um, all right, Casey, thanks for taking the time to join me. I know you are super busy and I appreciate the conversation. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. It was super fun. If you couldn't tell, Casey and I had a little fun during this conversation. I would like to again thank Casey for taking time out of his day to join me. I would also like to thank you all for listening to this conversation. Keep sharing the stories and I'll talk to you soon.